0: Ah, uh, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to the day in, day out podcast. Uh, this is episode one hundred and ten, and today on the podcast we had Matt Zimmerman. Uh, yes, he is a difference maker, optimist, author podcast host, non-profit founder, wellness and kindness advocate, to name but a few things. Uh, We talked about a number of different topics today, basically ranging from uh, how he came up with the idea and concept for his his book, uh, what made him decide to start up a podcast himself, and yeah, he told uh, well he told a very sort of emotional story uh, about uh, how he came up with the first chapter for his book. All I've got to say is it was a joy to have him on the podcast today, and I look forward to having him back on the podcast in the future to talk about uh, many other things, especially maybe hockey, I might get into that, but please sit back, enjoy the podcast and have a great day hey peace hello my friends hello my life warriors wherever you are in the world welcome to the day in day out podcast this is episode 110 and today i am very privileged lucky to have max zinman uh, on the podcast today he is uh a difference maker optimist author podcast host, non-profit founder, wellness and kindness advocate. I'm um, a little bit tired. You're exhausted. Uh, Yes. How are you today, Matt? (laughs) Meanwhile, it's a pleasure to be here. I am ready. Ah, he is ready. I've got to ask, what is a difference maker? Because what is that about, sir?
1: You know, it's something that I've learned is uh, kind of... Uh, baked in to my DNA. And I I go back to, uh, you know, as a teen, some of my first jobs, I I worked at uh, Pizza Hut. (laughs) And I was was a dough master, back to my humble beginnings. And I thought, wow, if I only took the dough this way or that way, I was trying to introduce new products to some 16-year-old kid. (laughs) So yeah, you know, it's just, just wanting to uh, impact as many people as possible in a, in a positive way. It's always been the uh, driving force of my being. And I've been able to lean in a little bit more and then some in the past year or two. So I've just, I've never been happier.
0: Ah, So with that, like with your sort of humble beginnings as a dough master uh, like at Pizza Hut, uh, my god it's been such a long time since i've been into a pizza hut or seen a pizza hut yeah i
1: don't think i've ever been to one <laughs> <I> ever <quit>. since.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so like did you sort of just carry this forward into sort of every aspect like when you were say good playing hockey and stuff like this i'm um, like i'm making a difference here because of xyz or yeah sure well you know it certainly
1: goes in parallel with a career and personal experiences you know you mentioned uh, being an athlete and I, I am a lifelong ice hockey player. I have a game tonight as ah. a matter of fact. And I, you know, that's something when you play a, an organized sport, it, you know, that certainly um, ingrains you with all kinds of, of different experiences and friendships. And there's uh, just no substitute for uh, just, you know, just even still being in the locker room, right. The game within the game and having yeah. fun. Uh, you know, I, I was never a professional athlete. I, I uh, made it as far as being captain of Temple University here in Philadelphia. It's my alma mater, and uh, I was captain junior and senior year. And then we went undefeated champions. Uh, I played for Team USA, uh, not not the Miracle on Ice Team USA, <laughs> uh, but I was in that system. And it did some traveling uh, to in and around Europe and some tournaments and things like things like that. I was, I think I was a walk on. I was like the last guy on the team. I was a bench warmer half the time but then they let me play so that was good now you know and like i said i'm still playing and it's just it's just part of you and i'm sure anybody who's been in an organized sport or martial art or even in the military you know there's actually a a lot of science behind that being at a foundation for you know what what helps people succeed
0: yeah i know i totally agree like this is the thing when you say the miracle like the miracle on the ice like uh, that team, like I right. knows a little bit about that team. Like basically, it was against like the world champions at the time was Russia.
1: It was the war,
0: everything right. like that. Yeah, so you were in that system. My God, that must have been interesting to say the least. Yeah, you
1: know, it's just so highly competitive. You know, there's a part of it that it is almost hard, hard to explain. Just too competitive. You know, like rabid parents and. <laughs> you know, just so, so intense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for those who may be less the fan, the miracle on ice before the, the Olympics were recruiting professionals, they were using the best college students yeah. throughout the system. And so this these are just a bunch of college kids and they were up against, you know, this is during the cold war against the uh, the most dominant hockey force in, in the world for a decade. And they somehow beat the Russians. And, uh, you know, it's a good movie if you ever, if you ever have yeah. a chance to see that. Yeah, no,
0: like that's the thing. When you mentioned that, I was like, I, yeah. I, because I've been trying to think of like different hockey things I've seen over the sort of course of my time. And like that was one of them. And like there was this Netflix documentary, which has disappeared off of the UK Netflix, uh, called Ice Guardians. Um, I don't know if you've watched that. Basically, wow. it's about ice hockey forces. Uh, they, like, I think was something like five years ago when they sort of changed the rules about people, like, being enforcers, like, not being able to take other people out who may have, like, broken, broke the the, the mysterious code of hockey.
1: <laughs> so, so, yeah. Right. I'll have to check that out. And, of course, here in Philadelphia, going back to the early years, what really got me into it, the Philadelphia Flyers. And they won the Stanley Cup two years in a row. And they were called the Broad Street Bullies. They were known as the toughest team in the league, right, in the old days, you know, where uh, it might have been more fisticuffs than goals. Uh, So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I grew up on.
0: Yeah, so, like, basically, uh, do you partake in the fisticuffs uh, as you play now? Or is it kind of like, you know what? no (laughs) Uh, you know
1: i've been playing uh at this point for uh over 45 years so it's happened (laughs) in that span of time you know it's an intense game uh but i'm i'm not usually the guy who's in the middle of it and you know you know in college um in the usa system that was more likely but you know i'm in beer league now (laughs) basically <laughs> so you know you're just out there not to get hurt you know guys got to go to work the next day so you know you're not really that's it actually does still
0: happen every now and again but it, it's it's a rarity i i yeah. can imagine like there's like a couple of guys like who used to be like those little speed demons like trying to do the same things again that's like okay yeah Give me a moment. <laughs> take it a little
1: too seriously it's transferable in all the sports yeah but i'm, I'm gonna play tom at least 99 99 yeah all right
0: there's the thing like, like yes yeah, stem cell technology as it is i'm sure like it will improve by then that's like, what i say exactly <laughs> like bionic you
1: yeah like, you heard it here i'll be playing
0: uh, just replace i'm serious technology. yeah all right <laughs> so tell me so how did you sort of get started in the sort of realm of business you're in today like what got you there because look i, I could talk to you about hockey for a good like healthy chunk of time and like yeah like just like I'll pump you for all the information in the world but yeah how did you sort of like oh you know what businessman come on
1: (laughs) well I'm pretty much on my third career so the short of that is coming out of Temple I was journalism degree and I went into the field of marketing public relations and I worked for a number of agencies I was always on the consulting side in and around Philadelphia And in 2002, I I had an intersection point. So for one, I became a single dad at that time and my son was only two. So, uh, you know, I needed that flexibility, you know, diapers and bottles were half of the time uh, back then. And I decided to start my own firm and did that for a few years. And then I got into the world of internships and apprenticeships, which is something that had always been. You know, I had for myself, led to my first job, always ran the programs for employers, always enjoyed going back to the schools, being a guest in the classrooms. And I saw the market need. It was just nothing formalized out there and developed a whole set of intellectual property and kind of like the wheel of, right? Here you go, employer, everything you need to run a program. All of that is still in place. Uh, and that's, we're at about 2005 and the 2007 area now. And I started a nonprofit called the Internship Institute, which has, and again, been my main priority in uh, you know, about the past 15 years ever since. And then last year, I had another inflection point. I had a little bit of bandwidth. My son's off to college. Yeah. Um, I, I'm remarried uh, now. And my wife and I have another business. And I was between grants. Uh, with the nonprofit. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, at this point, it's like, well, what would I regret not doing? I, you know, i got, you okay. know, ideally lots of life ahead of me. Uh, here's where I am. And I, I knew this book was something that I'd always wanted to do and started just putting my head down. And I wasn't really sure like what I had, you know, like for anybody who wants to write a book, it's right. just, you know, take two days, you know, write it all out. Maybe it's a blog or maybe it's something more. And uh, so I went for it. And the book came out of all things last uh, end of March, right? As COVID hit here in the States. So we're now into my third career, right? So at the same time with COVID hitting, the nonprofit went onto the side burner entirely. Mm -hmm. All internships, all apprenticeships are by the wayside. It's not exactly a thriving industry, but at the same time, and still, of course not, we're still at our peak, but, it was good timing, if that sounds odd uh, to a degree. And writing the book, I really hadn't had an end game. I, I really didn't think there was much beyond that, meanwhile. It was, it was this – I just felt the need to write it. I wanted to get it out there. It was difference-making. I paid for it out of my pocket. It wasn't some business expense like I'm a coaching business or something. It wasn't meant <laughs> to be some glorified business card. Uh, as odd as it sounds, you know, it's a book that's meant to be read. I want to get it to the masses. And then in terms of leaning in and in doing interviews like this, like I'm in my, I just love this. There are people on the other side of our microphones hearing this who uh, we get to, to impact in a positive way. And uh, you know, continuing in the conversation here, but somewhere along the way, I had one at the end of a podcast and this host said to me, have you ever thought about starting your own? And I was like, no. i was like i didn't even think twice it's just i didn't really know much about it and it was within a couple days i had a pretty major coincidence that led me to just pursue and get more curious and then that certainly led me to 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 do it and i'm sure it'll come up my my you know the book z the podcast insights to live by and we were talking before the show right so i'm now on you know coming up on episode 30 yeah and uh and i'm just having a blast so as I look at where I am, right, it wasn't just the book, now it's the podcast, continuing to lean in, continuing to enjoy it, nonprofit's still on the side burner. I, I do plan on circling back. It's kind of my life's work mm. to a degree, lots of unfinished business, but now I, I do have that vision in mind. I am going beyond the podcast. I'm developing the audiobook, the workbook, the workshops, you know, all the things that a content developer in the uh, mindset, you know, personal improvement and life enrichment space would do. And I want to go all the way now. So in a way it's kind of like my calling found me, if, if that's fair enough to say, I've just, I've just, you know, with the nonprofit, with that business, it's like that feeling of swimming upstream. I, I, I don't think I could possibly have tried anything more difficult in going into that space. I have a lot to show for it. You know, same, you know, apprenticeships by any other name, right? Internship Institute, uh, mostly on the professional side. But this, it really does feel like things are going my way. You do feel like you're swimming with the current. And now I want to keep going.
0: Yeah, it's like basically from what you said, you had a very sort of serendipitous uh, flow um, with it all. Because like, yes, March, like uh, basically the pandemic the, yeah. the great, the great global lockdown pretty much hit straight away. My large uh,
1: parties, my signings I haven't done a signing for no. the book. You know, there's yeah. trade offs, but I'm a happy guy.
0: Yeah, well, like this is the thing. Um, a, a lady from Nigeria named Jane, like great lady, like um, does stems and everything like this. Like um, stems basically. Oh god, I'm gonna blank on how. Uh, science technology engineering maths and she was like basically oh uh she basically no ice she basically uh started her book and sort of launched it around the same time and she was kind of at a loss and then yeah she was like okay podcasting get on that circuit as quickly as possible uh, Right, it's just like right and yeah she's done really well out of it. Uh, like, it seems like you've been doing like really well out of it as well, because I've seen you've been appearing on a number of different podcasts as a guest at this present time. So yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's been great, you know, and the interesting
1: thing that you don't really know until after the fact, you know, when in writing a book, like I can't claim to say that I am really f- all that familiar with the, other people in the space uh, around personal development. I mean, I haven't read a self-help book in probably 20 years, as odd as that may sound. Maybe maybe a little little bit, but nothing like major. Mm -hmm. I certainly was into that a lot in my late 20s and 30s and things. But the point is, is that I wrote this in a bubble. So I didn't really have any frame of reference for what other people are saying and a lot of this coming out of life experience and things that have served me well reason why i wanted to write the book in the first place and feeling a personal responsibility around sharing these things that i think can help other people and telling it from the vantage point of a personal conversation Mm. and in doing that sharing a number of personal things along the way and so that obviously makes it unique with those anecdotes But then when you start getting out and you have these conversations and you realize no not really people aren't talking about a number of these things that i imagine we'll be talking about shortly in the same way and that is really uh you know what what's keeping me going to to know that i have uh something that that stands apart
0: Mm, yeah i imagine that because when you said yes like you became a single father uh, with a two-year-old like kid like okay like, let's just say that is uh, quite unusual uh, in the sort of normal like way things play now um, how like how is, did that like, what did you have to sort of turn to to sort of like uh, okay help you through that time because you're a parent by yourself looking after a two-year-old And yeah, you need that flexibility and you don't really have that support if you get what I mean.
1: Absolutely. And I really honestly didn't have a lot of support. My parents are long gone and uh, my families are are, are in different places. It was very important to me to be a 50% dad, Uh, as hard as that was. um, I just thought it was the most, it was just my life priority. Mm. And of course, it's a very difficult decision for anyone to to, do a divorce, especially with, the, with a young one. And to me, it was important that for the very reason why you would get divorced, I did not want my son, Jake, to be growing up in a stressful environment. And I felt it was better that I yeah, have that more concentrated time with him and expose him to other things. And of course, it's again, one of those things you don't realize until later on, it was probably one of the best decisions I could have made. And, and for him too, and, uh, and I, I get along with his, with his mom quite, uh, quite well too, you know, we were responsible co-parents, mm. but you know, I, uh, you just, you know, that's a reality check, no doubt about it, but it's like anything, you know, I get thrown, uh, you know, baby with the bathwater as the saying <laughs> goes, and you, you just do the do, you know, and, uh, kids got to get fed and, you know, keep them active and you know singing to him at night back then and you know wow it's been a long road you know he's 20 years old now
0: Mm. and he's off to college um like this uh this fall well next year or this year he's back home now because of covid
1: (laughs) thanks covid um he's taking online classes uh my wife's daughter who's just turned 16 uh greta she is her high school is now online which she's loving uh, but I feel bad for Jake, uh, be, you know, for anybody who is missing out on that college experience right mm. now, but he's kind of backed off. He's not taking full course load. Uh, he's also working and, and that way he, you know, thank goodness, right. It looks like we're going to be on the other side. There is a post COVID world for us. And by next fall, ideally, right. Things will be back to normal to a degree, certainly at the colleges and he'll be a sophomore at that time. And, uh, he'll, he'll still have that experience ahead of him.
0: Yes, um like yes, a number of different companies now have like been like vaccines are coming and this. So yeah, I was told I, I think it's gonna be around about sort of June, July. Right. And that's when like, the world's gonna be like sort of normalized. Um like I hate using the term the new normal because like yes, I've been using it a lot and like going, good God, I'm tired of seeing it. What's the new normal gonna be? <laughs> Who knows? You know,
1: I mean, that's why it's important to live life in the present, yeah. you know, let things unfold.
0: Absolutely. So if, like, if someone came up to you now and yeah, I needed help with my own self development, what would you sort of say would be the first sort of steps they should take? That's a great question.
1: Well, I think the first step is and really two things. One is it starts with know thyself what is their relationship with themselves and no matter what you have to start there wherever it is that you are so there may be a lot of work around self-discovery and mindset so that's certainly at the foundation and then on the far side of that do you know your why What what's the work you need to do to really feel like You know, back to really at the front end of the book, what would I regret not doing? It's one of the main questions in discovering your why, if you don't know it already. And so what will it take for you to envision that already occurring once you're clear about it, and then working backwards from that inevitability, uh, eventuality, whatever you want to call it, what is it that you need to do to achieve it? And, and, you know, you're now at point A. So that's... That's that's how I would approach it,
0: and like this is a thing. Like there are like I know there's sort of two sort of like approaches in some regards with it. One which is like end goal oriented, and one which is sort of like uh, like you have a sort of constantly evolving goal. What would you say? I don't like. What would you say would be sort of one of the best measures to take? the end like a final goal or just like something which evolves as time goes by well
1: it's certainly on a case-by-case basis right there's no universal answer i don't think to that question but if i were to give one anyway uh i i i think that again if if let's just say that you are an entrepreneur yeah in that case, you're certainly going to have your goal focused around a business plan and, and the things that, that come along with that. Certainly part of the initial goal, if you haven't achieved it already, is self-sustainability. You know, you get to the point where you're in the never look back phase of having a company grow and know that you've reached that point that there's quote unquote, no looking back. And, you know, then there's that further vision for you as to where it is that you take it, obviously, a succession plan as part of your business plan. So that's one part of the answer. You know, I, I also will say, let's go back to the personal side. And we, we hadn't mentioned this. I actually am just now recovering from COVID. I, I got it uh, um, about two and a half weeks ago. I'm nice. uh, not entirely sure where my wife, Erica, also, uh, you know, went through eight days of fever and it's scary. It's really scary and uh, it's no fun. And I'm, I just am so grateful to be having this conversation now uh, and so sad for the many people who who can't mm. and uh, and some hard times out there. And I have to say, meanwhile, this is the first time in my life where I had to confront my mortality like for real okay when you, when, you, when you get to day four and five you're online like what's the progression of this thing what's the standard and it's you know you're reading you could say it's scary or what, what do you know about this well you get to day 10 or day 12 you're in trouble mm. this, this thing gets in your lungs right and according to that the average uh the the span is that at 19 days is that, that people who don't make it, it's that around the 19th day that from, from onset, not necessarily from you know, pre-onset of symptoms, Yeah, you sit there and you think, you know, like I'm on day seven or, right. And <laughs> so I, I really did have to confront that more than ever in recent days. And part of it was, well, first of all, you know, I have a lot of unfinished business and you know a lot of things that we've already talked about but it was really more along the lines of how do i want to feel when you know we all die Mm. how how do i want to feel when that time comes and i just i realized you know like what a ride i did it whatever that is um i'm pretty clear about that but the point is is that i'm i'm curious you know about what comes next no matter what it is, you know that that's you know being at peace, right? That's what my total end, you know, purpose is. That that why, what is that experience I want to have uh, in, on a conscious level um, to uh, to be able to look back and say, you know, no regrets. And you know, I think that's that's the same for for anyone. So getting clear about that on a, what, a, a personal basis or on a, on a professional level, mm. it's, it's too easy to take things for granted. And if you don't, the point is it really doesn't take a whole lot of effort. It's not weeks, it's not months. You just have to put yourself in the place of, you know, what is my why? What, how do I achieve that? And just do the exercise. People aren't going to do typically anything that either they don't have to do, or they got to force themselves to do it. Right. So I know that's very straightforward, but how many people actually do do it? And, and I think that's the ultimate answer to your
0: question. Yeah. I think, with regards to many a person like, out there who are thinking about doing something new, doing something different, uh, like when they sort of look at their sort of why, I don't think they do really look at their why and they just sort of like get to doing something because they just, want to do something different when the sort of why comes into play more so is when times are difficult and hard that's what this thing that's what your why does it's not push it it sort of pulls you to it you're not like driving it forward you're just being pulled towards it and like yeah the value of that why is so important and like yeah i'm sorry you had like the old uh the old covid but yeah like the whole thing is i think with this year for a lot of people um when like we all lose people as time goes by and like you know it's kind of like when you lose that person's like oh yeah i need to seize life i need to do this i need to go here seize the day and then one two weeks later it's kind of gets a little bit more foggy in your mind with that sort of seize the day moment. Then a few months go by and it's gone. Uh, but this time around with everything what's gone on, I think a lot more people have had to sort of face their mortality. People who have like, had like the virus like yourself, like COVID, and people who've maybe lost people or just people just seen all of it go down. I think it's uh, made a lot more people like go, okay, yeah. Where well, am I going? Right,
1: yeah. and you know, I went I I've thought a lot about this, and I, I know we're at a you know how much more serious can the conversation get uh-huh. where, where we are <laughs> right here, but you know, someone's why doesn't have to be some great achievement. You mm. know that it, it it really comes down to your values. You know, it could be your family, mm. straight up your family. You know, that's your legacy. You're certainly part of what I see as part of my why I'm certainly most people do, but just to live life and having an ongoing sense of awareness about the enrichment that you are experiencing. That's, that's a solid why, you know, being with your family and friends and just having experiences, Mm. making sure, you know, just the continuous bucket list, I guess is, uh, you know, that's a pretty good why, you know, you don't have to set the world on fire, but, I do think it is important to have it be, you know, living life by choice and by design rather than chance.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, like this is the thing I agree. I think people sort of concepts of success um, get too sort of caught up with like, how can I put like, yeah, the billion dollar markers. If you like, if you don't have this, you don't have that. Um, you are not successful and like the truth of the matter is like okay look you like you've like you've successfully got your one kid into college at this present time the second kid looks like she's going to be on her way as well yeah i'm not worried about greta yeah (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like yeah so it's a case of bam like That kid, like, that's most probably like, yeah, that is a success. I got my kid to adulthood and they seem to be able to take on the world quite successfully by themselves. And yeah, some other person would be like, yeah, I want the Lamborghini. I want the Ferrari. And look, more power to you. If that's what you want, go with that. But if that's, if you're not really in tune with what you want, and you're like, oh yeah, the Ferraris, the thing. You, you, thats a lot of misery to be chasing right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to be realistic. You know, just a kind of funny comment. All the credit, of course, goes to you know Eric and my wife. You, know. you can take, <laughs> you can take Greta and give, put a quarter in her pocket and drop her off on the other side of the planet and never have a worry. She, <laughs> she'll be just fine. So she's, she keeps me very humble.
0: I that's see you, her, right.
1: her, her role. She's great.
0: <laughs> so. Okay, I need to work on these survival skills. Okay, <laughs> put me into bow guitar.
1: What? <laughs> no worries. She will figure it out. Yeah. Those no, skills.
0: Okay, start the clock. Three days. Are we back home? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, loving it. Like, so, with. So with regards to sort of the nonprofit, like with the internships disappearing and everything like this, like because 2019, it looked like, okay, everything was gangbusters, everything was going well. Like, what do you think like 2021, like I'm just saying this year's a write off at this present time, because we are currently in November, uh, Thanksgiving for you guys, uh, at the end of this week. And yeah, Christmas time from there. What do you think 2021 might hold? You think? I think
1: it really has a lot to do with the employers. Obviously, you know, that's where the opportunity is. And I haven't just worked with college students. I've done grants for disadvantaged youth, military in transition, coming back into civilian career. It all comes down to the employer and basically, you know, for my program that I've run since '02, has been virtual. Mm. And now that's really where the pendulum has swung. And I'm doing, I am still doing trainings on virtual. I, I did one a couple weeks back for colleges to teach their career centers how to teach employers to do virtual <laughs> internship programs. It really, uh, you know, and, and also, of course, You know, I can't speak for uh, knowing this worldwide, but I believe, you know, internships, certainly in Europe and Germany, Switzerland, um, you know, here in the States, in a lot of cases, they're required to earn your academic degree. So, you know, it's cart and horse. How do you get that experience and get your degree if no one is offering the opportunity? So I'm not really up to speed, honestly, on what the schools are doing to adapt to those requirements but i do think the dust will settle Mm. and that internships will be certainly for a while uh more along the lines of uh you know virtual i mean i've had interns i've never met that's just it's just kind of you know how it is so that's a lot of what i've been teaching more recently is on on the virtual programs
0: Right, and this is the thing, I think with regards to next year, virtual programs, as you were t- like teaching right now, I think that sort of, I've, I think there's been a little bit of, a, not so much a robbery, but I think a sort of holding back, uh, setback for quite a lot of youngsters coming back into it, that for the next sort of 18 months, they've had the pause button pour, like, put on them and they've got no choice in the matter, which I think is a little bit hard, but it's the way the world is right now. Um, So how do you think, do you think the employ like the employer mark, the employers will get back on it sort of straight away, or is it a case of they're waiting for grants and like funding from the government to come through? I honestly don't know the answer. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's certainly
1: a very relevant question. I just don't have the, uh, I'm, you know, doing what I've been doing more so uh, since uh, March. I don't really have my finger as much on the pulse with how things have, have changed with and in and around COVID. I think on a, on a general basis, you know, internships, apprenticeships by any other name happen one on one. Mm. It's really an individual relationship with a supervisor or a mentor. And a lot of what I train on is about creating that opportunity and for supervisors to recognize that it, you know, there are many myths around providing these experiences. Like it takes more time. It's not worth it. You know, their kids, what can they do? Um, You know, we've got a lot of data on how, A single supervisor can gain over 200 days of work productivity by doing it right. There's a certain way to do it right. Mm. And there's a a productivity multiplier. And, you know, while we're on topic, I'll just say just at the very heart of it all, if a supervisor takes inventory of uh, projects and we have, you know, we provide menus for this and everything else just to take the think work and heavy lifting out of it. And they can recognize that, wow, now I've taken this inventory, I have a defined need most companies, individuals, they need help with social media and content development. And, you know, it's just cuts across the board and by specialized industry, they'll see straight up, well, I could really use uh, or maybe use is not quite the right word benefit from uh, having a young person or even a you know military uh, person who's who's coming out of the service uh, or disadvantaged youth, for example, to come in and help with this. Mm-hmm. And that also, that defined need is also going to be something that they can rely on to write their, their recruiting descriptions. They now know who they need and what skills they need to do the projects they've defined. And then you wanna have multiple interns so that in working off of that core uh, content of projects that you're going to delegate, well, someone might be better at writing. Someone might be better, this other person's better at social media and behind the scenes in front of, you know, forward facing. So you know who to delegate what project to and to the other person. And that's really what's at the heart of it. Because now you're really customizing the experience for the person and the work that they want to do. You're leveraging the skills and, and that, that they have to provide to have the most quality work and, and value. And it's, it's a win. It's an all around win. So it really is just a matter of, of doing it right. And uh, quite honestly, in my recent uh, podcast episodes, I've covered this this topic uh, extensively, both on the employer side uh, and now for the student side, which is also specific to job seekers, you know, the mechanics mm. and the techniques of finding an internship and finding a job very much the same.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I like that. And um, so with regards to your podcast, like you're as you say, you're on episode 30 coming up right there like uh, congratulations but thank this you way. i'm still um,
1: going yeah right. thanks
0: all i've got to simply say is like the sort of like i've just told the sort of most podcasts the vast majority of them it's like episode five and they go bye-bye it's over oh well yeah,
1: yeah i'm not i'm not a quitter tell me about my future miwa how's <laughs> how is it around your what
0: episode are you on i'm on the 100 well what it, episode is this 110 so right. yeah So, like, this is the thing with regards to your future with podcasting. If you're doing the interview side of things, because I started out where it was like just me and my silky voice on the microphone, just talking, just like, Yes, let me tell you about my thoughts for today. like after like after episode five i was like yeah maybe i should not just be talking to myself this is not good (laughs) the solo
1: shows are hard i i alternate
0: yeah they're they're a lot of work yeah yeah so basically i was like okay let's just say my first podcast where i interviewed someone i didn't know personally like because i got got my lady on my podcast like yes got like got friends on my podcast like yeah uh, it was with Liam Thompson, I believe. And like, yeah, all I've got to say, when I first started out doing remote interviews, I had it all set up with Skype. And let's just say Skype is the most awful thing to use in these circumstances. Look, people might say, ah, oh, you Skype is easy. Skype with OBS or just doing it direct. No, no, basically I set up with OBS, I was like, okay double-checked it worked, triple-checked it worked. Soon as Liam came on, it did not work for Love, Money or Toffee. So <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not good. Fortunately, he do- did podcasting, so he recorded it, sent it, me, sent ah. it over to me. And I tried doing, yeah, tried doing Skype a couple of times, and it was like, no, it was like too fake. And like, yes, I discovered Zoom. And fortunately... Um, the rest of the world discovered zoom pretty much at the same time
1: right right hopefully uh, our bandwidth will uh, will survive the, the our, our conversation oh. yeah there's a lot out there it, um, it, it is it's a steep learning curve oh yeah um i already had the microphone because i was doing the interviews and it's not a, it doesn't take a lot to get into it but to, to do it right and there's so much out there you know there's a reason why people are hearing us right now you're doing a great job
0: oh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll send you the check in the post. Oh, sure thing. Yeah, don't cash it until 2025. It'll great. Bam- oh, right. okay. <laughs> like, like, have it framed. There you go. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, this is the thing. You're on episode like 30 now. So, you know what I mean? I'll, all I've got to simply say is, yeah, keep going. Uh, keep going strong. And before you know it, people will pick it up. Like, start picking it up. And yeah, your circle will grow. Um. What i would simply say is the quiet times, uh, where it just seems like sometimes things don't seem to be going your way. You just got this is where you got to turn to the reason why you're doing it. Uh, keep focused with that because those times will come. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but staying strong with it, yeah. But you don't have to worry about me. I, I, I,
1: I uh, yeah, I'll, I, I won't be stopping my podcast.
0: No. And like, you know what I mean? I think that's when many a person like falls short because I rem- I remember there was, I was on this uh, website called uh, Matchmaker where they basically got, you can get people for interviews and they was Oh sitting- yeah, I know Matchmaker. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A few of those popping up. Yeah. And it was like, okay, there was this one guy who was like, oh, I'm a chef. I'm like currently on furlough and stuff like this. I was like, okay, yeah sent him a message like to get on and it was like pssst, yeah no and then I haven't seen right. another episode from the guy at all so I was like okay
1: yeah it's like a box of chocolates, no doubt about it oh yes <laughs> ah,
0: life is like a box of chocolate yes I couldn't yeah. help it I know Boris <laughs> <the Exactly. days. laughs> <Forrest> Gump <laughs> it's uh, yeah I've got to ask Because you're a sports guy, like a sporty guy, what is your favorite sporty movie? My favorite sport? Movie.
1: Oh, my favorite sport. Movie. Yeah. Slapshot.
0: Slap shot. Yeah. Paul Newman. Uh. Way back. Old time hockey. Okay, yeah. Wait, didn't that have the three brothers in it with the glass?
1: Yes, it was the three brothers, Hansen
0: brothers. Yes.
1: They <laughs> they put the foil in. on before every game. <laughs> Absolutely. If you've not seen that movie, it's yeah. I have That's, seen that movie and I like, didn't have to hesitate on that question. I've never yeah. been
0: asked that. No, because like this is the thing. It's like the there are like there are certain sort of like I am a sucker for a sports movie. If it's a like, like look if it was a british sports movie chariots of fire yes but like if it was like oh yeah uh manchester united like no no because i'm a liverpool fan that's just too close to home get out of it but if it's a sports movie like from the states like I, uh remember the titans like freak that's, that's what, a good one
1: yeah the miracle on ice honestly i know it's second reference yeah that, that's probably my second favorite. It's a great movie.
0: Yeah, I, I know you're going to be leaning hard towards ice hockey because that's the one for you. Right. I mean, I'll just name every ice hockey movie. All right. Well, I I'm, I'm waiting for you to get to that one certain movie, which involves ice hockey.
1: Are you testing me right now?
0: I'm not testing you. Why would I test you, man? Why all right.
1: We'll have to come back to that. Right. I didn't expect to have this conversation. Hey uh, talking about personal development who knows what direction you're gonna go in
0: Hey what can I say I'm tricky like that
1: <laughs> you, are, you are. I'll come back to it if it
0: comes to mind. Oh uh-huh.
1: drawn, drawn a blank
0: uh, yeah huh. mm-hmm. all right yeah, I, yeah, Got me off guard yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah no because like this is thing uh, Titans like, like the last one I really saw was Rudy. That's like
1: rudy that's a good one yeah that's yeah. definitely good oh the, the notre dame guy yes i wanted to play the one game ah oh, now i've ruined it
0: sorry <laughs> it's like, uh, like spoiler alerts for spoiler alert, world, which is yeah. about 20, yeah, 20 years old <laughs> <laughs> you no know I mean? nah, no it's still there ah uh-huh. like so with this i'm um, I have to ask, like, how, like you mentioned, you started the book and everything like this, like back in March. Like, how long did it take you to like get this all together? Because it's like you you d- dusted over it, but you didn't go, yes, this is what it, this is how it did, and you didn't sort of go through the whole process.
1: Right. So uh, it's Z isms, which of course, in your neck of the woods, might be considered Zed isms and uh (laughs) yes i just want to be respectful uh insights to live by uh, is the subtitle and i started it took me it took me probably about eight nine months to write and Mm. then another two or three months i think the challenge for any writer is when do i when's it done when do you when do you say okay i gotta stop here because you always want to keep adding and adding and adding and you know taking it through and edit but i had you know i have a thing for dates and i had made a commitment that i was going to get the book out by leap day just you know and the book has a little bit of theme around leap there's this life enrichment action plan so i am kind of funny about those things so i did i got i got the setting the deadline you'll know, force me to okay i'm done you know, I'm yeah out of time uh and i i did i got the uh, the um the ebook out um at that point and then the paperback came out a few weeks later and now I'm working on the audio book and a workbook, so it just keeps going.
0: Ah, ah. I would imagine like you like know when to stop, but like this is the thing: when you do stop, what do you what do you take out? That must be another tricky thing to get hold of. What How do
1: you take out of the book? Yeah, you know, no, like it can't all be it, in there. Yeah, what your editor tells you to. <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, I don't think a lot came out of the book. I was really just polishing it, uh, you know. Because the, you know, we're talking about areas, if if I may, you know, just covering a, a few different facets. Yeah. Uh, certainly around self discovery and mindset, and then that's really at, naturally at the foundation to your question earlier about where someone would start, and then you get into personal interactions and relationships, and it 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 elevates, you know, building one onto the other around. Mindfulness, harnessing uh, and amplifying your awareness, uh, gratitude. It gets into the law of attraction. And then beyond that, uh, you know, with, with the law of attraction, I, you know, certainly I think everyone, at least familiar enough with it, knows that it's powered by gratitude. And whether you subscribe to that or not, uh, that chapter, um, I didn't invent the law of attraction or quantum physics for that matter, but I think most people recognize the enrichment of gratitude and it grounding you in the present, but it doesn't write a book for you. Mm. Law of attraction isn't going to start a company. So that comes back to that inevitability and putting that into practical action uh, around what we had uh, mentioned earlier in how you're setting a goal and working backwards from that getting so clear about your why or whatever that goal is for you most people, like such as in a business plan, for example, they'll start at point A. I'm a point A, and here I want three months, six months, year, you know, mm. three, five, ten. This is where I want to be. But when you're looking at it from this vantage point, you want to start all the way out at point B so that you're working backwards. If you think about it like you're lining up dominoes, how straight of a line can, can you line them up to? And then it has less to do with the, uh, you know, the, the, the full length of those dominoes as it does the t- tipping point. So you might say self-sustainability is your tipping point. You're at your no-look-back phase. You know, something with the Internship Institute, that's systemic in terms of it's not just, you know, the the trench work around internship program, apprenticeship program development. You know, there's some, some major impact of the purpose of the nonprofit. That will probably, in terms of that vision, exceed my lifespan. So it has less to do with having to be around that's what succession planning is for as much as it is getting to the never look back phase what what is that and it was really important to me to and it is of course for the reader to come away with everything is practical and is actionable and there is that life enrichment action plan around winning the battle within and that's kind of what's leading me to the workbook and 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 whatnot because you know it's 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 meant to be uh, you know, as beneficial as possible. So someone asked me, well, you know, oh, you know, what's what's your next book? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I put everything I have into this book. Ask me in 10 years, you know, get, get some life experience and I'll have something more to talk about. But I really did give this my all. I'm really proud of it.
0: Oh, I'm glad. Like, you know what? I'm glad I can feel that from you because look, like writing a book and people like, oh, yes, uh, one of my dreams is to write a book. And many people just... It's a dream. It's a pipe dream. They never actually go out there and do it. But uh, I think there are some people which are, oh, I've started a book, and they're quite naive about how much hard work it takes trying to keep track of everything to say. going, okay.
1: <laughs> I really do think, and we, we talked about it earlier, it, it doesn't have to be this mountain. Mm. You know? it, it, it really is just about getting into action. You have these thoughts, what this book's going to be. Sit down, frame it out spend a few days, right? It's only a few days of your life. You'll know fairly quickly whether you've got it or you don't even just relying on what you do in that shorter period of time and start giving it around to people. There's this book you want to read is, you know, so just get into action. And then uh, again, they might say, well, it's all right. No, tell me the truth. No, it sucks. So uh, don't write it. Yeah. I say say that on your show. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, you know what? Oh, right. No one's heard. No
1: one's. No one's heard any f bombs or anything.
0: Well, hey, look. That's all I got to say with colorful language like that. Uh, yeah,
1: you uh, all right? You okay? You yeah, look. Like, I oh, use whew. the s word. Oh, like, oh, my <laughs> my. <laughs> it's like, he was gathering himself. Such profanity,
0: sir. You <laughs> know, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm clean. What can yeah, I say? My no worries, no worries, we're good, we're good. So now it's 2020 right now and we all know it. (laughs) We're feeling it, yeah. So what do you think, uh, how do you think your life might play out or your plans might play out, say in like from now sort of till 2025?
1: Well, that's actually the perfect question because when I was doing my initial interviews for the book, You know, you have your introduction and I talked about how, oh, I want to personally enrich the lives of or positively impact the lives of as many people as possible. And of course, it sounds good. It's true. But it's just like flighty. It didn't really sit right with me. I I really wanted to be more specific. So I've now set the intention of positively uh, and personally enriching the lives of at least 100 million people. Uh, at least a hundred million people by 2025. So I'm now working backwards. that's that's my current point B. You know, what's that going to take? And the things we've talked about with with the book and podcast, and you know I have no misgivings. I'm not going to have that large of a following. Uh, but certainly when you get into social media and heading into the the speaking circuit, uh, paid speaking, you know, I think the typical trajectory of, pe- of those who are, you know, in this, uh, in this industry is the steep learning curve I'm on right now. And I have a coach and, you know, just, you know, how do I do this? And being basically a global influencer, I guess, is the, the term. So if I look at that as being inevitable, back to the concept in the book, I can say, well, I'm a household name, Mm. but the houses don't know it yet.
0: Uh, So so I just
1: need to, I need to step into that. I have to, I have to, you know, a lot of people talk about that that mind shift and and identity shift yeah. so i have to i'm working on it. it's not easy and for anybody who's working on something like this who are you for the person that you the person you want to become well what's that like right goes yeah. back to law of attraction certainly to a degree and you know experience life now how you want to experience life for where you want to go and i'm working on it i'm a work in progress just like anybody right
0: yeah, constantly evolving, constantly growing, learning and growing. I guess it's the learning pursuit. That. Yeah, I'm liking that. Liking that a lot. So, so 100 million people, and like that is a tall order. Uh, to get 100 million people, like I've got to say, like I think, yeah, you you've got to. It's a good. tall
1: order if you believe it's a tall order. Uh, you know, if, again, if 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 you go back again to the law of attraction, and this is meant to be very practical. And we talked about gratitude. And when you're talking about something that is more effortful, Mm -hmm. it really is powered by self-belief. When you identify that point B, you have to believe in it to the level of faith and know in that level of faith, that that is not just achievable. That in a sense, and what makes it inevitable is that you've already achieved it, just in the future. And so, what's important about that is it instills you with the passion and the grit and everything that you need because you're gonna get knocked down. Mm. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I get knocked down once a day, you know, ten times a week. You just have to keep getting back up, and it's hard. Yeah. But you you see, you're clear about what that endpoint is and you know through that self-belief that that you're going to make it happen and so you do and and that's uh and that's what that's what powers uh knowing that something i I wouldn't set the goal if i wasn't confident in achieving it Mm. i just have to figure that out now yeah no
0: cool cool now i know you said you didn't read any sort of self-help books or anything like that but is there sort of anything you've had in your like you've turned to uh, over the course of your life, which like basically has been your kind of your North star or has, like helped you along the way?
1: Absolutely. The chapter one of Zisms is called Earned Confidence. And it's rooted, and it's the main guiding principle of the book. It's rooted in the fact, as simple as this sounds, that we've all been through everything we have in our lives. We've all been through the ringer and we're still standing. We're still here. And so it lends itself to recognize that everyone, no matter what age you're at, because we've all been through however much we have are perfectly capable of coping with whatever comes our way in real time, which is to say, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious or stress about things that are not certain to happen. It's straight logic. It's gonna happen anyway. And you know that you've handled everything you have up until now, you'll handle that too. And at the root of earned confidence, and I'll tell you what the origin of this too, which is very personal quite honestly, but at the root of it is Mm self-kindness. That's also at at the root of the book because when you talk about personal development, and things that are the larger concepts, my self-esteem, my self-love, You know, I wanna feel this way about myself, but it's just vague. How, how do I get there? Uh, it, it, you can't, you're grasping at it. But when you look at it from a vantage point of self-kindness, you're either being kind to yourself or you're not. That is the foundational building block. It's, it's the barometer. So you start out with a question, why be anything less than kind to yourself that's a rhetorical question and so you know that in any given situation you know for people for example who have a hard time saying no and yeah. if you're here you're literally thinking to yourself i really need to say no more often and if you're in that very moment the reason why someone's being you know asking you they're probably being a little manipulative that is chapter two around being aware of spiders uh that you need to be able to recognize that this is not my best interest as much as i want to be a people pleaser if i say yes then you think through how's that going to make me feel it's a double whammy right now you know you said yes to something you didn't want to then you have to do it Mm. (laughs) you you take a hit (laughs) you really feel terrible about yourself your self-esteem takes a hit so if you're in that moment just from a practical standpoint if you're approaching it from a the self-kindness, you know, to say no. And, and in that moment, it's, hey, you know, I've got a lot of things going on. I would love to help you. It's just not the right time for me. Um, happy to help some other time. Yeah, like, what are they going to say? You know, they'll respect you for saying no. And, and, and it is that simple. Now, to the point I made earlier, um, at the origin of earned confidence, when I was in my mid-20s, um, my mom, uh, something was wrong with her. I'm, I'm the youngest of four. And we knew that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And my father and her uh, called a family meeting with a family therapist. And so we knew uh, and we were really bracing. And this was in the early 80s. And I um, didn't expect, none of us expected that she had a routine surgery and got a tainted blood transplant fusion and contracted HIV oh and of course this is at the very worst time uh, at the beginning of it and and the stigma was so bad they didn't tell they knew they didn't tell us for two years like I can't imagine and you know I'm close to my mom's age when we lost her now and it's just uh, it's a huge reality check and you know she suffered with it for you know 10, 12 years, you know, after that, that you know, we saw th- this was all before the drug cocktails. Yeah, and was nothing. And uh, so she really did get the worst of it. And there were any number of times in the latter years when we thought we'd lose her, you know, she had this infection, that infection, and she's not going to recover. And every single time you're bracing for that, you're, you, you know, you're, you're going through the emotional, uh, you know, anguish of expecting your mom's going to die. And she'd pull through. And then you're like, well, "What did I put myself through that for?" I just need to let things unfold. And it was through honestly that ori- that experience, especially, that is at the foundation of my earned confidence. And talking about the topic, because it was so, it doesn't get any worse, quite honestly, um, that I can think of. And having come through that, uh, I, I, I learned to deal with things in real time and, and, and knowing that, you know, I'm going to get through this too, as hard as that was. And again, back to the earned confidence itself. If you think of what, what are the, not that you're trying to have a competition here, but what are the top two or three things I've had to make it through in my life? What's the worst thing I've absolutely had to cope with as bad as it was. I'm still standing right. Well, I mean, anything that's not as bad as that, you're already certain you're going to cope with it. Um, hopefully nothing worse than that will ever happen. And if it does, you'll have to cope with that too. So it really is a, a bit of a logic formula. It's, it's about staying in the present, grounding yourself in gratitude, in self-kindness, ridding yourself of past regrets and resentments, you know, the uh, guilt, um, all the things that are holding you back that drain your emotional well-being. And uh, and and you know, living a life of of enrichment. Okay. Wow. What well, can so I shared that in the book. Like I said, there were a lot of personal shares, and uh, that was certainly one of the more uh, major ones.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I've got to say, like. Right? going through an experience like that. And like, yeah, I remember when I was a kid when like HIV and AIDS and like sort of came about and sort of, as you mentioned, the stigma and like just basically not knowing and how it went from one extreme to another. But then. They were afraid to tell us. It was
1: so bad for those two years that my parents were afraid to tell their own kids because they thought, they'd lose us somehow my right my, i'm in my mid-20s we're all grown yeah so it's not like i got kid, little kids in the house it's like am i going to alienate my own children by telling them i ha- i'm going through this it, it mm. really was It was just horrible so it's almost it's actually coming up on 25 years now since we lost her so you know as as uh as raw and as fresh as this sounds i've certainly come through quite a bit uh having gone through that and then since then and it's you know, with any grief, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's
0: manageable. Mm. No, I the thing, um, if anything's going to put life into a much more of a clearer perspective, it's going to be that. And like, yeah, we have- all go through things, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's all
1: relative, but you know, we all, we all have to struggle through things and, you know, just remember to continue grounding yourself in earned confidence. And it's, it's the the same thing that goes back to the entrepreneurial side and having that self-belief and knowing that even though something is in the future you've already achieved everything that you've already achieved and now you know this is something that's within your capability to do and so you will and then you will yourself to do it no no that's fantastic
0: and like I would like to say thank you for very much for sharing that that sure. is appreciated and like yeah but, <clears throat> now yes
1: meanwhile i know i know know. it's it's very affecting and um you know i I really appreciate it i mean again people not everyone's seeing you and i i just you know i appreciate him it's very genuine um it's a hard thing to hear from somebody especially for the first time right i mean this is it's not new to me Mm. um, but it's it's a very heavy thing to talk about and it does set you back and i appreciate it
0: no like this is the thing like it's your it's your story it's your truth and like you know i mean i'm like Never want to make light of that, but yeah, Like I've got to say yes. We
1: well, do have to like you know lift the spirit here. Oh, no. we oh. can't end the conversation
0: on that note. That much I like. This is a thing. It it stands <laughs> testament to like who you are as a person and like you know, like being so positive, optimistic, and like yeah, just this sort of energy, force of like yeah, positivity. But like yeah. Uh, Yeah, you got
1: me. I mean, it's funny, my wife and I were talking earlier, you know, and she's saying, you know, we're the perfect, this was this morning. And, you know, she's kind of more of a cynic and, you know, she'll say one thing and then I'll, you know, give her the optimistic view. We were joking about how we balance each other out. It's like, well, if someone starts out a day and they say, this is gonna be a cruddy day. And another person starts it out, it's gonna be a great day well which person you know what we expect tends to happen which person is going to have the more likely to have the better day Mm. so positivity works i'm pretty sure most people know that so that's that's it's a choice too you
0: know same
1: set of circumstances
0: apply to optimism and pessimism absolutely agreed but okay let me just say this i've got to reveal um Got to reveal that, yes, I am a supreme being of cosmic power. Um, yes, I, I have the ability to grant you one wish. And before you even say anything, you can't have, oh, I wish for more wishes. You can't do, like <laughs> can't write down a list of things on a piece of paper going, I wish everything on this piece of paper comes true. No. And you can't have world peace because everyone keeps asking for it. And yeah. It's a tall order. <laughs> What's mine? Yeah. What would be your one wish? Can can
1: can we kind of put aside some of the obvious things around health and family and grandkids and financial stability and uh, you know, all hey, that? That's hey, just assumed. We can, you know, now we would be kind of be boring. Hey. You know, the, honestly, the first thing that came to mind was to be, maybe just because it's so fresh, is to hit the hundred million. And, and I guess when we just came off the conversation of being. Uh, earn confidence. And uh, that self-belief, it doesn't really sound as much like a wish when I already have a level of faith that it's uh, already been achieved in the future. Uh, But I'll take a little bit of help. That's what I want to achieve right now. That's my current why. So, uh, you know, that's one of those things. (laughs) It it got come back to the ultimate why of in making that happen. That definitely is, you know, I, I did it. I had a great run and I left nothing on the table and I just couldn't feel better about my life. So granting that wish uh, would would likely reinforce that feeling.
0: Excellent, I like that. Oh, wow well, dude, I'll get working on that for you uh, right away. Look. Uh, Thank you. Yep, don't, like, don't send me a check or anything like that because like, yeah, I will try cashing it immediately. I need the
1: money. <laughs> well, I'll be <laughs> cashing your checks, right? I mean, I'll hang on to it that long.
0: Okay. Um, okay yeah <laughs> yeah enough. i would say yeah two dollars fifty and like yeah mcdonald's like fries and something like that yeah you got it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean
1: interest compounds we might be okay
0: perfect long way to go yes mm-hmm. can you tell the lovely people out there where they can find you how they can get in contact with you how can they become part of your one million squad army following one,
1: 100 million yes yes I, uh, well, my, my, my primary site is mattzinman.com. That's easy enough. You'll find uh, really everything there. Certainly, uh, it connects back to the Internship Institute. It's about Zism's insights to live by, helps you get to the Insights to Live By podcast. And you can certainly go both at the site and on Amazon, you can go and read the first part of the book for, for free. You'll you'll know if you want to keep reading by buying it. And certainly appreciate that support. And any feedback that you have for me from this conversation or listening to a podcast, I'm always trying to learn and grow. Uh, I'd really appreciate hearing from anybody about what they think and how I can do that. So thank you, Miwa.
0: Thank you, Matt. Hey, pleasure having you on today, sir. (laughs) Pleasure uh thank you for coming on it's been a, as i say i'm gonna say again a pleasure and uh, yeah
1: liking thank the you. energy much uh, appreciated very grateful thank you for everyone who is sticking with us in the conversation and uh just wish everyone well
0: thanks Great. and yes i'd like to say thank you to you my friends my life warriors out there please uh thank you for staying with us sticking with us stay safe stay well be awesome be excellent be fantastic Be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Have a great day, guys. And yeah, peace. Yeah. And we are.